All right, we're back. We're back for the second episode of our All Red, White, and Blue podcast. So um, we'll talk about who's here tonight. We'll talk about uh, what happened this past week. I want to hear Jim's story. What story is that? <laughs> you only were driving all week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's to come. It's, it's, not, it's not very uh, exciting. <laughs> it's, it's four days of, and 2,600 miles of, of driving from Hartford County. First stop was in, uh, we went straight to Wisconsin, about 13 and a half hours, and then spent the night. From there, we went to uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the next day, we went to Billings, Montana, which was another 12 and a half hours. Hmm. And then from Billings, we went to Missoula, uh, which was about a, maybe an eight-hour drive, seven, seven-hour drive, something like that. Um, yeah, so four days of driving in a in a big box truck so you left what day monday we left friday oh we, we left, we left friday, friday. Yep, we left friday morning i think we got out of here got here out of here like we, we left the wawa at like 10 10 something at 10 15. So you, like, you, you drove the u-haul i drove the u-haul away <laughs> yep. so it wasn't a camping trip it was not a camping trip no no there was hotels involved with strangers <laughs> <laughs> wait you were strangers hotels with strangers and then when we got to uh missoula then we were back in friendlies with friendlies and I had my own room with Chant, well, with my son. So I shared the room with my son, but it was good. So then it was unpacking, a lot of unpacking, um, a lot of getting, uh, you know, things situated, taking the, you know, we actually kept the box truck a couple more days and we bought some furniture while we were down there, picked it up in the box truck and brought it back in and some, you know, putting a whole lot of stuff in very little space and trying to make that work again. So, you know, you, you move stuff from here to cross country to there and then you realize that oh i'm going to throw that away mm. so you didn't even need to bring it but you don't have room for it always the way yeah so you were moving stuff from here out there we moved stuff from here to wisconsin and at wisconsin we went and unpacked her storage facility where she had her stuff from where she was living out there from her apartment that was in a storage facility and then we took that put it that into the truck so now we had a full truck instead of a half full truck and then we started making our way to Montana with that. That's a big one. That's Stand by, Randy. You need to do the same thing. Stand by. Crazy, isn't it? That's no, I shouldn't say crazy. It's just, it's, we do what we need to do. Make it happen. Yeah. Last December, I drove to Florida and back in two days to Orlando and back because my stepdaughter could not check into the room. They needed someone on the, on the lease or on the ownership to check in. No way. Yeah, she was down there with a boyfriend, and, and, and I had to drive all the way down there just to check them in. With all this modern technology, they couldn't. Yeah. That was the only option. Yeah. That's oh, I would have flew down there and like, and then I'd have been in jail, and I killed somebody when I got there. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was a, that was a long trip. Well, that's why we were just talking, Mike, about my mom. She's on my cell phone, and my sister. I don't know, through her work, they're like, well, you know, she can get online. I'm like, okay, same thing. It was like, go online, do this, do that. Well, I did all of it. And I talked to the people. Very nice. Everything's great. Sister called me three hours later, Scott, nothing's done. And I don't, I don't <laughs> dig on that at all. Especially, you know, I, I did my due diligence and everything worked. It seemed like it worked fine, but she's like, no, nothing's here. I said, so again, I don't want to sound like, I just said, can I speak to the manager? I said, look, you have, these are eight people that are on your, you know, or doing your cell phone through AT&T. I said, we're all gone. What do we need to do to get this done? And then he's like, well, we just need your, you know, and through, so through all that, all he said is, well, I do see her now, but she, because I had to get her activated on, or she had to be like something, a priority on my phone line to be able to authorize taking my mom off of mine and putting it on hers. So they just said, well, what's, what's your like access code or whatever? And I said, you know, I told them what, it, what I think it was because gosh, it was like 12 years ago. I don't know. It's one of these five things. Which, what, <laughs> what, what was the code you thought it was? <laughs> two, three, three, one. Okay, just check. One, two, three, four. So for everybody out there. If it's not that, it's looking this. For an yeah, if it's not that, account. it could be this. And what's your social? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it was just crazy. And then everything was fine. But you always have to say that little thing like, you know, you have to sound like a jerk where it's like, you know, you got eight people and we're gone if we yeah. can't get this What's done. What's your safe now. word? Yeah. 
Oh, well. All right. Who do we have tonight? We have me, Mike. We have Jim. We have the captain. And uh, we have Scott. And our trusty engineer, Josh, of course. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, Josh. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> hey. So thanks for everybody who may have listened to the first one and decided to tune back in. That'll be amazing. <laughs> but we're trying to double every every week, remember? So we're up to two now. <laughs> We've got less people here, but more people listening. Yeah, yeah, we, we're missing Kevin. But uh, Kevin will rejoin us again when he can. Well, they'll log in to listen, so that'll be two people there. Yeah, yeah. So Merry Christmas, everybody out there. Because by the time this drops, we'll probably right be coming out of the Christmas season. So that gives everybody a, kind of an idea of when we're recording this. In fact, one of the things that we were going to talk about, I think, were some current events will will reveal the time of this podcast. And uh, we were all kind of intrigued by the the new deal that the Dodgers were able to pull off with the Shohei Otani. Otani, yes. Who just pulled off the mega deal of the... Actually, it's the greatest sports contract ever, if, if I remember correctly. I mean, yeah. the smartest contract ever. Unbelievable. So it's $700 million. <laughs> Just saying that. $700 million over 10 years, but they deferred $680 million. So he gets... $2 million a year. Sorry. He gets $2 million a year. Yep. And then the other $68 million a year gets deferred. And so he'll have... At the end of the 10 years, who have 680 million waiting for them, I guess. And they have 10 years to pay that 680 million. So between 2034 and the year 2043, they'll pay out the remaining. What happens if he passes away before that? That's a good question. I have no idea. Hmm. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure sure there's a a contract somewhere where somebody gets the money. They still have to pay it. Just a matter I would of think so. where it's going. Yeah, you would think he'd have oh, yeah. that set up. Somebody's going to get that money if something happened to him. But that's amazing. Ten years. Brilliant. And I guess that's good for baseball. I don't know. I was trying to think. It seems like every time there's somebody who sets a new record for a contract like that, everybody's like, oh, that's going to ruin the sport. But I think we've been saying that for like 20, 30 years now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, isn't there still the um, the penalty they pay for going over a certain yes. cap or something in baseball? Yeah. Right? So they, they do it, but they don't care. They just pay it, right? They don't care. The big markets don't care because they have the, yeah, the, the, the right. revenue the coming revenue, in for, right. the, for, the, for the broadcast. But is it, right? distri- is it distributed to all the other teams or does it go into MLB's pocket? I think it goes, I think it it goes to, to some of the other the teams. Okay. All right. I guess. To help them with their, yeah. you know, like Kansas City, they've got no... Um, you know, the Orioles, for goodness sakes. Yeah, they've got no... Well, the <laughs> Orioles have Ma- Masson, so mm. they have their own... Yeah, but they're not, making, they're not making anything on Masson anymore right. now that, that Washington's there. Correct, yep. Well, they have what they call the CBT, Competitive Balance Tax, and it's to teams that go over a certain amount. I don't know what the, that amount is. So bottom line is the Dodgers have to pay $46 million because of this contract. Spread out to all the other Spread teams. out. I guess to the 10 years? Out. To wherever that tax goes. Right. Somewhere either major league or, or to the other teams. I guess I haven't... It's, worth the, pro- it's worth the price of winning, apparently. It has yeah. to be. Or it has to be or they wouldn't do it. No, no, I'm sorry. It's at $46 million is due by... It's like the average payout. But for the Dodgers, <laughs> for 2024, it's $237 million They're paying the tax. That they got to pay on the tax. If I read that right. When you start throwing around numbers like this, it's like, I don't even get it. So the cap is universal? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I didn't realize and that. I thought it was different. So there, I, I guess why. so they're basically saying, you can go over the cap if you want, but you're going to pay a penalty. Right. And then from what I understand, then they, they can go back and they, they keep negotiating ways to kind of avoid the taxes. So they'll pay some of it, but then they'll make some sort of a new arrangement and you get out of paying all of it. So I don't know how you're going to get out I guess out the question is, is that working? Is that working for a competitive balance across the <laughs> I league? Know. I don't know. Is it? I mean, well, I mean, you don't see, I mean, look, I mean, the, how many times have the Dodgers been in the World Series in the last <laughs> 10 years? If that's, uh, if that's the goal, then it's not working. Right. If that's the goal, I would hope that it's <laughs> the goal. It's not the goal. Money's the Ultimately, it's the goal. The goal is to, make, to, the make goal is to bring people to the stadium. So that's $700 million that they're so it's paying. It's about making money. It's, it's, all yeah, about, it's, it's all about bringing people to the stadium, 
people watching the televised rights and the, and the networking deals that they get from it, the, the exclusivity of watching the game and broadcasting the game, all that money that he's going to bring in and generate from all aspects of baseball, merch, all of that. They're banking on, they've, they've got actuaries that run these numbers and say, you get this guy, this is what he's going to bring in. So they say, okay, we can pay him $700 million, especially if we defer it. I mean, he's a once in a lifetime, sure. once, once in a generation player who can play on both sides of the field. You know, last place person that did that was what Babe Ruth that did that. And so effectively, and, and this guy's like a hundred times more of an athlete than, than Babe Ruth would, would ever be. And Babe Ruth wouldn't even, wouldn't even be drafted in today's baseball game. We can, and that's a whole nother topic. Athletes <laughs> today versus athletes yesterday versus athletes in the thirties, forties and fifties. I mean, it's just a bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. It just, so it I, is, I guess the is. question is if you would ask our buddy Todd, <laughs> big Dodgers fan, if, if that's, if that's, if he was here, Where are you, know, Todd? he would show up. <laughs> if that was the metric, is that the metric? Is he good with the Dodgers making lots of money and not winning world series as a fan? No, he wants to win. So from a fan's perspective, you know, is, is that good for baseball? I guess from an owner's perspective, they're making money. I guess they don't care if they're winning world series. Well, eventually maybe, but, you know. they're, they're, they're making money, which is the ultimate goal. For the owners, well, eventually, you know, you roll the dice. You know, eventually, eventually you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna, well, win, you're, sure. gonna you're gonna win one, right? For sure. Yeah. So it's that's just the icing on the cake, right? So every year they win a hundred games, but every year they don't get to the final dance. Okay, so there's another guy coming. We were mentioning that earlier. This is a Japanese pitcher. Yeah. So his name is Yashinobu Yamamoto. That's pretty good, good actually. That sounds like right. So. Yamamoto apparently is being courted by the Dodgers, by the Yankees, by the Mets. And I guess, yeah, because they deferred so much, they, the Dodgers still have a shot at him. Wasn't that the guy that was uh, the admiral in the Imperial Navy in World <laughs> War II down in, uh, down in uh, Pearl Harbor? Yamamoto, isn't that him? I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, that, is name, he a that name sounds familiar, but it's, I think that's like Miller over there in, uh, it might be. in Japan. Okay. Yeah, so. I don't know. But this I, guy's I, like I recognize the name, something about World War II and uh, the Imperial Navy and, the, and that Pearl Harbor thing. Just think, just saying. Putting it out there. I don't know. He's going to get another big one. So if he bombs, we'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, so he's going to get another big one. He's be interesting talking about, he's been on a $300 million contract. $300 million. It'll be interesting to see if he does a deferred thing, too, for tax purposes. Know. Well, yeah. yeah. He's learning from the best. Yeah, exactly. Now it's out there, right? I mean, there's got to be so many ways to invest that money that, I don't know. I don't know. Brilliant I mean, contract. That, con I that contract see might change the whole market. Like you say, the way they do business now, you know? It takes somebody to... Well, it's everybody right. can't defer. Then well, if everybody, <laughs> def if everybody deferred, that's true. Yeah, that's when you get hit, <laughs> right? Well, and the whole league goes under in ten years. With a ten-year hiatus on baseball, why they pay off their debt? Well, okay. So if if the teams are sharing these penalties, I think they are. Well, then what the heck are the Orioles doing? Because what's going on off season with them? That's exactly why I asked the question earlier. Is it, is it going to the teams? Because they're not getting anything. What are they doing with it? Here's know? what they've done. They signed this guy, uh, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Do, who is he? I don't, do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reliever. Yeah, he's been all star okay. reliever well, in the past. The, that's their move, big move. He's off up there, though. Move. You know, relatively in age. The oldest guy on the team. Oh, I'm probably sure. Yeah. yeah he's sure. where? Where is he now? Or where was he? Yeah. Well, he was in what the Phillies last year. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's a that's their big move so far. So far. Now they they've they've signed like some of their one year contract guys. Oh, like yeah. Mateo got yeah, re-signed. Yeah. But my big thing with them is, you know, they they have all this great farm system and all these great players. And um they're they have nowhere to go. And if you look at their top ten yeah. players in their farm system, nine of them are position players. One's a pitcher. So they have all these position players and they're not going anywhere. I mean, very few of them. I mean, they're not, they're not playing the infield probably other than Jackson Holiday. Right. And so where are all these, all these prospects going? They better start using them for pitching uh, or something, right? Right. Yeah, there's no place for these guys to go. And so they're signing some of them. In McKenna, Mateo, they signed him. And these are guys, I mean, I'm glad they're signing them, but they're signing them for one-year deals just to get them through next year. 
Well, we're talking about the spot. Orioles. The Orioles need they need to work on pitching. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's pitching. You know, you know, great pitching beats great hitting. Every time and pitching, play, yeah. everything going into the end of the season. If you don't have pitching, you you got nothing. Well, they, and they just lost Flaherty. I think he just went to Detroit. So he made a little bit of an impact, I guess. Ah, yeah, yeah, he was. I wasn't impressed. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he wasn't what I thought. Glad to see him be. go. Yeah. Every time he came in, I was like, oh. They need, they need to work on. They need to improve their pitching on both sides, the starters I mean, and they, the They have good young arms, but not tested really in, in the playoffs a whole lot. They need some good veterans that have uh, yeah. been there, done that, you know? Yeah. So. And you just said something. What did you just say about them? About the Orioles? Yeah. Oh, they, they, they need to work on pitching. Yeah, I thought there was something else. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But. Well, maybe they'll have a new owner here shortly. Oh, and, um, Whoa. Oh, what, am I hey. missing something? Oh, well, yeah. they did what approve happened? the lease. There's a, there's a, well, they got the lease signed, and then there's a, well, the local billionaire is, is apparently. Well, you know what? Actually. Is in negotiations, apparently, according to sources. Yeah. To, to buy, buy the team. To buy it from Angeles? Yeah. Who is it? Uh, I may remember his He's name. local, right? A local, local Baltimore businessman. Yeah. A local billionaire? Yeah. yeah. Do, we, do we have a local billionaire? Yeah. Other than Absolutely. One book, who brought the Ravens? Well, that's Bishotti, Bishotti, but yeah. I mean, other than Bashadi, who's that? <laughs> I don't know. I've I heard the name, but look it up. Kevin Plank, Under Armour. No, it's not Kevin Plank. No? David Rubenstein. That's it. Carlisle Group co-founder. Ah. That ring? Does that ring a bell, you guys? Well, Carlisle, the Carlisle Group. Group. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what they do, but I've heard of them. That was from Bloomberg. So okay. And what was the offer? Is there is there a money figure that's been out? They there? haven't announced that, but and to tell you the truth about this whole lease. They didn't sign it. They just, the Maryland Stadium Authority voted to allow the lease extension. Well, then so they, they kicked the can down the road. They, they yeah. went to the state, whatever. The Board of Public Works. Yeah, they approved it today. The Board of Public Works approved it today. Okay. I just saw it. Remember like, being in those meetings? I saw it like two hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. So, Holy it's, a, it's a weird kind of lease because there's an option for them. There, there's part of the stadium, the outside area of the stadium between. The warehouse and the rail station, I guess. Okay. That oh. they want to develop, apparently. Really? It's part of the Orioles themselves do. And it's part of the, they have, apparently part of the leases, they have till 27 to finalize the agreement on what that looks like. And if they don't like it, the lease goes from a 30 to a 15 year. So it's like a complicated kind of lease structure. But so we're talking at least 15, maybe 30. At least 15, maybe 30, right? Hmm. Based yeah. on if they get what they want out of this development well, idea. Uh, Peter Angelos' son, who's really running it. What's his name? Uh, Angelos' son. Is it David? John Angelos. Uh, thank you. He's the one. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> he's the one. He wanted, apparently, he wanted some sweetheart deal on exactly what you're talking about. The properties on the outside of, of the stadium. He right. wanted some sweetheart deal on on those properties so he can do and develop them the way he wants to do it to support all that whole thing. Cause he wants to be able to one, secure it for, for safety purposes, because obviously there's some issues with crime. So he wants to be able to secure that. So families can come down there and feel safe when they come in and, and come and watch the game and all those, you know, the, the bars and stuff like that. So he wanted to be able to get those at a really reduced price so he can make them part of that entire Orioles complex. And that's where they were having their sticking point. And I don't know how that panned out. So you're saying it, it did pan out. It, well, he, it, it panned out that they, that piece of it uh, is part of, is still in negotiation until 27, apparently. Okay. So they have the timeline, not finalized, details, but, so but the 15 year lease is a minimum was approved. They kicked the can. And, but, but and, and further, they, way it, down. it could go down, it could go up to 30 if all yeah. that works out. Okay. So. so continuing resolution in, is, is <laughs> like a Congress goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the omnibus, not the full omnibus, but it's a continuing resolution. Did you ever see the plans for that property that included like a racetrack, horse track at one point? Because they were thinking about shutting down Pimlico. Yes. That's and they were going to put everything there. Oh, there was going to okay. be another... Well, I guess horse racing venue. Entertainment complex. Yeah. yeah. And it was mm -hmm. going to be right there. Where was it though? It was like. Is it supposed to be downtown? Yeah. It was right there where all the stadiums are. Wow. Where both stadiums are, I should say. And it was, I want to say it was on like the west side of the stadiums, but I saw a, a diagram of it back, back in the day when we were down in Annapolis. Mm -hmm. 
And it looked awesome. I mean, it was great, but I don't think Baltimore City is going to allow it to be moved from Pimlico, which is a shame because. Right. Have you ever been there? They didn't Mm -hmm. didn't want it to be moved from Pimlico because of all the history and nostalgia from the the Preakness. That's that's what they're trying to say. (laughs) Have you been there, Scott? I have not. Oh my gosh! And the reason why, and the reason why they didn't want it to move, the real reason why they didn't want it to move, is because they were trying to keep it there, and they were trying to bring gambling, table games, yes, and that's right. and slot machines on location at Pimlico to ramp up that neighborhood. That's right. And that fell through too. So whatever group that bought it, some some I think it was some group out of New Jersey that came in and dumped a whole bunch of money into it. Mm. But they did that to keep it in Pimlico. They did that because they were supposed to have been promised to be able to bring in slots. And I don't know that that yeah. happened. So I don't, you know, so I don't know where that stands, but mm. that's the only reason it stayed because some, some outsiders came in and, and threw money at it with the promise or hopes of being able to get gambling there mm-hmm. that has not panned out other than obviously race. They have off track betting there as well, where they do the simulcast right, uh, right. racing, but no table games, no, no slot machines. As, as far as I'm aware, I don't know. But that's why it stayed. Well, I knew they were, one, they didn't want to do it when Ehrlich was in office. They didn't want to do any gambling right. when Ehrlich was so in office. As soon as he got out there, he magically got yeah, gambling. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. That was ridiculous. So it was so politically involved, it was ridiculous. But I just remember seeing the, the vision that they had for it. Of course, they got the casino down there, too. Is it Hollywood? That's not Hollywood, is it? Yeah, Hollywood's in is Baltimore. It? Okay. Yeah. So you no, have it's a horseshoe. Yeah, horseshoe, Ho- Hollywood's up in Perryville. That's right. That's it's the right. horseshoe. So you that's have correct. everything but the racetrack now. <laughs> right. But it would have been an, I mean, it looked great how they were going to clean up the property and you know, Well that, their but. well their mentality is if you know if they get the gambling there, then they'll have the that's actually the revenue maker. They will mm-hmm. have the revenue there to, you know, make that place what it should be, minus and then then you have the crime again. That's where I first, yep. that my first post was right there oh, South Baltimore. Oh, in, wow. yeah, in Baltimore, right? Oh. Exactly. So that was one of my first posts when I was in Baltimore. That was, so. Do you know where Spalding Avenue is? Of course. That was my post. That's where I lived. Oh, what? Yeah. I lived there until I was four years old. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was Spalding. a different community then. Though. Yes, it, it was. It, it was changing, but it was, yes, it was, it was different. Yes. <laughs> it was a big Jewish community still back That's then. exactly right. Yeah. And, um, Yep. Yeah, I don't know how long my parents lived there. I guess about five years, six years. Wow. But uh, yeah, 1968, we moved out of there. Got my first homicide on uh, Denmore <laughs> Avenue four days in. With, it threw the key, they threw me the keys to the car and said, I've had it. <laughs> four days later, I saw the guy's education all over the sidewalk. I was like, whoa. I got to tell you, if you haven't been down there, the last time I went down there, I was just, I guess I was still on the job because I was driving on Mark car. And I decided, oh, hey, let me go see the old house. Oh, wow. And uh, it was an old row house. It was boarded up along with about 80% of the buildings. Absolutely. And as I'm going around the curve, this guy's running for his life across the street in front of me. And there's like five guys chasing him. (laughs) I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. That's There are too many uh, neighborhoods that are that bad, at least at that time. They were were already bad in the 90s. So, I mean, now yeah, it's just, yeah. it's a, you know, free for all. I think my parents got a TV stolen. I think that was the final straw. So they decided to move out to the county. <laughs> Ran for the suburbs. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Good call. But yeah, I mean, but getting back to the politics, speaking of which, what the heck is Biden doing? What the heck? Because. What do you do now? Well, That's it's what. Good, good. Uh, Transition there between the, the Jewish neighborhood to the uh, Jewish running war. for his life. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And Biden's running for his life, too, at 37%. Jeez, a whiz. You know, I try, especially in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, I'd say. Well, I'll, I'll say 20 years, 20, 25 years. You know, I like was very politically involved in the sense, you know, very astute as to what's going on, tried to stay up with it. Now I'm more disgusted by everything I see here. It just... Every day, every day, it feels like you're getting pounded with something, you know. And then what was it this week? We got the 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 guy performing favors in the in the Senate conference yeah. room. Yep. I mean, come on. Same place where they had the uh, <laughs> where they had the nine eleven commission, as well as the same place where they had the Sotomayor. Uh, Sotomayor. So, yep. So uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the congressional sex toy. And it was uh, and it was Ben. It was old Ben Cardin's uh, staffy mm-hmm. staffer. 
And old Ben Cardin, only thing Ben Cardin could say was, uh, he had a lot to say before, but now when it's when he, it's involving his staffer, he says, oh, well, he's been fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's a personal matter, so we're not going to discuss it yeah, any no further. Yeah, no comment any further. Of course, no comment yeah. any further, of course. But, I mean, it's just added to the handful of scandals mm-hmm. and things going on around D.C. I mean, D.C. is a cesspool anyway, but come on. This was so blatant. And just one more thing that make, it's, it just disgusts you. I'm surprised at how stupid the staffer is. There's cameras everywhere. And how did he, he had to know there was cameras there. He did it on purpose to be caught on camera. What was, you know the, what I think it is? What's the motivation behind that? You know what I think it is? I just think these people get away with so much for so long, they get careless and they just think they can do anything and get away with it. Do you think his last name was Biden? <laughs> did he have a D next to his name? That's all he needs. I don't know. I was thinking, just a couple hours ago. He might have got away with it if he'd have paid one of Hunter's taxes. It might have been okay. <laughs> Here's what we've seen. I mean, I, this is probably not a complete list by any means. I just jotted these down. Ukraine scandals, the China scandals, Hunter, of course, is involved with both of them, but Hunter scandals, cocaine in the White House. You have trans people exposing themselves on the White House lawns. You have the Romanian, um, so they were making payments. Russia was making payments. Kazakhstan made payments to these partnerships that Hunter had that end up in the Biden accounts. This Russian oligarch, she, Yelena Baterino, Baterini, she wires three and a half million dollars. The know. Moscow mayor's wife. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. For no, we still don't know what that was for. No, we don't. They've squashed the Hunter IRS. Oh, I know what it, I know what it was for. It was for when they were sanctioning Russian oligarchs and officials that her and her husband would be kept off that list so they could still do business and bank in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, That's what that payment was for. Well, there you go. You heard it here. <laughs> so squashing the Hunter IRS investigations, it's a big one. The firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor. Yeah, Porchenko. Porchenko, yep. Or no, no, he was the, he was the president. It was Shokin that they were firing. Oh, Victor Shokin, you're yeah. right. Victor Shokin was, the, it was, yeah, Porchenko was the president. They ousted the president. Yes. And that's how they got Zelensky. <laughs> yes. The actor. So, yes. <laughs> and dancer. Don't, don't show us all short. Oh, dancing <laughs> with the stars. <laughs> but. Triple threat. He's yeah, that's sing, the one where he's on tape too. bragging about it. Yeah. You're being awfully quiet, Captain. <laughs> what else? Um, he probably knows some too much stuff. So that he can't even divulge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a, I guess it was a, like a montage. Of all the times I swear, of Biden grabbing and pulling or sniffing these women or girls, a lot of little girls. And I turned to my wife, I showed her the video or she was looking at it too or whatever. But I, I said, you know, if one or two of these things happened, people would be like, mm. but you could say, okay, yeah, maybe it's an accident, you know, or not at paid this, attention. At this point, <laughs> at this point, when Biden first came into office and all of the the sniffing and the groping and all of this stuff, the creep, the creepy stuff that he always did, that was like you know front and center in you know everybody's mind and everybody was talking about that. Now it's like that's almost like it's acceptable compared mm-hmm. to all of the stuff and the crime and the corruption that is being uncovered. Now that's like you know you see you see him sniff somebody, you go, it's a big yawn, oh big deal compared to all the other stuff that I mean. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. It's like, what hasn't he done? Right. Well, when you're in public service that long, in office that long, I mean, you know he's corrupt. Anybody in public service that long is corrupt. Yes. You're, you're living off the, you know, the ability to do that, those kind of things. So. What's it been, like 50 years he's been in? Yeah. yeah so he's never done anything like else. Right. 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 <laughs> So, I so, mean, I think it's pretty obvious to a lot of people that but, teaches college. Yeah, we've become so numb to that. Yeah, he teaches stuff. at colleges, but he, yeah. he but the people that are paying him aren't really the colleges. Right. He's getting he's getting funded by teaching. the by the the Chinese are giving hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever to UPenn to his Joe Biden center or whatever it is, whatever thing that he that he has there, the office complex, whatever. They give money to the college and then the college gives 10% to the big guy or whatever for his, you know, for teaching a class of, uh, you know, absent-mindedness, you know, and that's how they pay him. So they're paying the college, the college pays him, 
to come and, you know, talk every once in a while. And, uh, you know, it's a big circle jerk of, of racketeering and, and, uh, what is it? Uh, not consulting, but, um, you know, lobbying, lobbying, lobbying. Yeah, right. it's all lobbying right? for money and cash. Yeah. It just, I mean, they took it to a whole nother degree. You know, with, you know it's, these, been going, it's, it's been, been going, going on forever. forever. It's just now it's being it's just exposed. Now it's, being, it's being exposed. And don't think it doesn't happen in other administrations. No, it happens in every oh, administration. Yeah. And, well, and I think they all, yeah. I think they all do it. Yeah, You're kind of seeing the pushback from the, I guess, for lack of a better term, the swamp. If you're in there long enough, parties. if you're, you're in right. politics long enough, it doesn't matter which side you're on. They're all, That's, that was my point. They're yeah, all yeah. doing it because, you know, when they get elected, the first thing they're supposed the first thing they do on day one is learn how to make money, learn how to bring in money for their next campaign. The first thing they do is on day one is to bring in money to fund their next four or six years. Well, we used to think that was dirty, but now maybe it was what you just said. We're so exposed to this other stuff now that's over the top. I mean, well, now it's, just these, in your, it's in your face. That's, yeah, the, that's yeah. the problem. It's in your so face. Before, like, oh, it was, oh, we could before just, it was hush hush. Before it was there was, no, there was no internet. There was yeah. no all these. Yeah. Well, you're right. There was no way for all that information to get yeah. out, right? Yeah. Unless you were in those tight circles in D.C. in the swamp, you, you knew about right, it. It's right. getting hard to cover it up, basically. But, yeah, it's hard to cover it on that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you've got you've got these apps in real time that track like Nancy Pelosi and the and their all their trading. So you can see when they're trading, when they're buying, you and you're like, oh my God, yeah, they've got, yeah, they got, it's got, it's AI that's literally tracking all their trades and finding out what, what they're buying and when they're, what they're selling and when they're doing it and how much they're doing it. And you're like, okay, just, just follow trade them. all my stuff. Cause she's like 99% <laughs> right on. So just trade all my stuff at the same time. She's brilliant. She's amazing. She's brilliant. <laughs> We're all going to make money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, she's she's one that is it her Romney, of course Biden, there's somebody else too. Like they all had children who were like involved with these oh, Ukrainian yeah. or Russian. Oh, that you're talking uh, yeah energy you're, companies. You're you're talking about the Heinz. You're talking about yes, uh, you yes. know what is it uh, Herman Munster? What's the guy with the uh, oh, all Kerry. the energy? Yeah, John Kerry <laughs> looks like Herman Munster. John Kerry and his wife Heinz, uh, his yeah, their son yeah. was yes. in, involved. Yes. Yes. And Pelosi's. And Pelosi's and yeah. Romney and, of course, mm -hmm. Biden. And uh, God knows how many we don't know about. Yeah. Right, Scott? Generational Scott's wealth. Scott's like, hmm. generational, I'm about to say nothing. Generational my, wealth my head, generational <laughs> corruption. Yeah. It's, a, it's well, generational it's corruption. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. They make the rules so they know how to get around them. But there's no evidence of this. There's no evidence. No. Not a shred. Not a shred. Not a shred. Not a shred. <laughs> not a shred. <laughs> I always think the balls of these people to be able to say that. You know, not a shred of evidence. Not a shred of evidence. And I'm like, I just saw like examples of evidence. But it's not it, a shred. It drives That's you. not a shred. That's a whole bunch of examples. It just pisses That's me off. That's not a shred. But I think the, the worst, as far as I think how it might affect us, is what's going on with the border. And um, I just saw the late, latest monthly stats, and it was 20,000 people per day are now coming across. 20,000 a day. That was 600,000 over the last month. Now, as of the end of October, they were saying the CBP had reported 2.4 million encounters just this year at the border. That's just encounters. That's, that's not, encounters. That, that's not the ones that they never did catch. Exactly. Yeah, that's just catches. 3.2 million encounters nationwide, 2.4 at the at the border. So, and you're absolutely right. That's just... That's just that's catches. just who they're. If they catch twenty percent, then the other eighty percent are getting through. Yeah, and I bet some of those are catch and release anyway. They're that, still going. Most in. of them are catch and so, release. Yeah, but you, when you have six hundred thousand coming in in a month, even if we use their numbers, two and a half million. So we're, that means we're probably well over three million reported. Fifteen million is what they're, God, is is they're, what they're, they're saying. saying 15, Fifteen million in the Biden administration time, and we yeah. still got another year of this at least. Yeah, fifteen. So million. we're in trouble. And not only we're in trouble at the as far as the border is concerned, as far forget all the just the whole immigration problem. Yeah. Where are these people going? I'm not saying that some of them aren't coming in looking for good opportunities and you know, want the American dream. Good for them. But do it right. But who's coming in? These are all military age guys. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, exactly. And they're going all over the country. They're not the, so you're gonna have gangs. Oh my God, I forgot. They found 10. IEDs 
at the border this week. Mm. Ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's third world country stuff, man. That's Middle East. You know, we, we never think about that as being here. We always knew it was a possibility, but now it's really happening. And there are still people who are denying that it's a problem. There are still people who are like, you know, let him do what he wants. Were those IEDs, were they trying to get them into the country or were they caught at the at the I don't know. border? I don't were know. they on the other side or on our side? I did, All I heard, maybe you know, but all I heard was 10 discovered. So I didn't know. I heard the same. I think they were still on the Mexican side okay. of the border, I think. But I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we want to up our numbers uh, of our podcast, we may want to consider doing this in Spanish. <laughs> Scott? See. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did. Uh, I did hear today that um, Texas just um, signed a law. It's a state law. Uh, Governor just signed it to make it a state crime to to violate the border, basically. So I guess they're going to start. Who did that? Texas. Oh, okay. And the Biden administration will sue them because it's a federal. It's a federal. Well, whatever. Uh, I, I like the attempt, though. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they're saying enough's enough. You know, and um, trying to do something because you know Biden administration. Is so it'll be a state thing. law. It's a state law. They passed some state law, and I'm sure it'll be in the court system for kind of right. long. Yeah, they'll but, sue them right away. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna try to use. Well, that's the question. Why isn't, at least in Texas, why isn't the Texas National Guard shoulder to shoulder on the border right now, stopping anybody come from coming in? Why isn't that not? Why does that not happen? I mean, what's stopping it? Is it just because doesn't the governor have control of the National Guard? Yeah, the governor has control so, of the National Guard unless the president invokes you know the federal authority to, to use them federally but i think maybe the posse comitatus issue about u.s military troops enforcing domestic law versus you know fighting in the military hmm. fighting overseas in times of war or, or you know outside our country but inside our sovereign states posse comitatus is uh you know prohibits them from enforcing law in the united states so they can't really do anything other than you know Shoot. Yeah, yeah. Other other than like riot control and stuff like that, but they right. can't. They have no powers of arrest. They can't do anything like that. So it's uh, it's touchy. So I mean, unless there's a declaration of you know a declaration right, of right. emergency, then they can they can do stuff like that. But then I think the president would have to do that, and you know he's not going to do that. No, that no, not not until it. something bad happens. Something bad is going to happen, and it's all going to yeah. Another nine eleven type of issue. exactly. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but. Okay, let's just... Until we wake up again. Takes that to wake us up. Let's play this out, though. Let's say you are the governor and you do send them down there. Who's going to say no and pull them out? Can they? What's going to happen? It's just going to be a pissing match between D.C. and Texas. It'll, it, again, so, it will be litigated. What will happen was... But in the meantime, get, you got guys down there. You got guys down there. They'll get the attorney general. The attorney general will go and file uh, and go, go to some district court judge or some judge in D.C. And the D.C. judge will, will, will you know, rule and order them to stand down because they're, you know, violating whatever posse comitatus act or whatever. And you're mm-hmm. not allowed to enforce, you know... I think I'd say, well, law. make me. <laughs> Come and get us. What are they going to do? I, oh, really? I, are they going to go to... Well, they, well, they, well, they have no enforcement arm. The judicial branch has no enforcement arm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What are they going to so, do? So then, so then the Fed's got to come down there and say, mm, so how's that happen? Yeah, that, that, there's some Civil War stuff right there, right? How's that happen, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's that's getting crazy. to the point where you're going to have one anyway. Sounds like it. Oh, did you see the new movie coming out? Which one? It's called Civil War. Oh, yeah. I did see the it's called that. Ci- it's called Civil mm. War, right? Yeah. So, but, but here, here's the take on that, right? So you, you'd think it's going to be you know, oh, red state versus blue state, like just like right, it's right, playing right, out right, right, right now, because obviously it's Hollywood doing it. It's woke Hollywood, right? So they want everybody to see it. They don't want the republic or the the conservatives to go. On, you know, I'm not going to see that, and they don't want the the libs or the progressives saying, "I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch that." So they want everybody to see it. So what they did was they set it in. It's futuristic, but it's a near future, it's like like right. within ten years type future. And what they did was they have California. And Texas coming together because Texas has now turned blue because of all the immigration. Uh, so now Texas is a blue state. It went purple and then turned blue because of all the massive immigration. And okay. so now they're, them in California are kind of, you know, they vote the same way now. They're on the same page and they come together and they are basically seceding, want to have their own country. And Florida has remained neutral apparently. <laughs> and so it's a it's a battle between those two states and the rest of the country with Florida remaining neutral. 
And that's how the premise, how they set that premise up. That way, it's not currently how we have it set up now. So they can say, okay, if they did everything like it is right now, it would turn both sides but off. But it's still, it's still a, a blue versus red thing in the end. Well, that's the whole problem. It is, but Texas I mean, has turned. I don't want to say right, problem, right. but that, you know, we're used to like north versus south, that kind of thing. Right. Whereas what happens when it's a mix? Well, know, here's it, the deal, it, though. If, if Texas does go blue, conservatives will never win another election ever. Because right. they have, they'll have all the electoral votes. Texas and California, once that goes blue, plus New York, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because every, everybody, you know, well, yeah. given given all the other ones are going to yeah. go the same way, it, it's over. Yeah, because Texas has all those uh, electoral votes. It's done. Once that goes, if they get Texas, it's over. Yeah, and then you'll then then yeah, I, I could I could see the, it's over. the desire to secede from the union. Well, just the fact that we're talking about that. it and that there's a movie about it right. coming. Is like how can they not the make that, cool. how can they not try to make that movie well with what's going on I know but I have a hard time even picturing how it would happen and the thing that brings us back together is Japanese baseball <laughs> 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 I don't know well this is really hard. I mean I'm seeing this every week now so there are places where I am assigned occasionally where there are a lot of day workers. You're assigned to the 7-Eleven? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. In the so. Home Depot? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you see them at Home Depots. You see them everywhere. And it's like, okay, okay, they're day laborers. We've, we're kind of used to seeing that around. But now we're seeing those groups growing. And not only are they growing, but they're growing. You don't know who's in them. We've seen some that have MS-13 in, in some of these guys. I mean, this is Frederick Dundalk. This is all around here. This is... The, your town. Frederick is a hotbed for MS-13. Yes. And they're all around our families constantly. We can't be with our families all the time. You know. So, you know, you're going to see these these crimes that you see on Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever, X. These strange, I don't even call them strange, but these sad, horrible videos of people attacking other people. It's almost getting so common now. I don't like the fact that I, I can see it every day, but I go see it every day, you know, just because I want to know what the heck's going on out there. And it's, it's happening everywhere. You know, it was just happening in some of the fringe areas or just some of the inner cities, you know, and, you know, God bless the people who are still living in these, some of these cities, Detroit and New York and Chicago. And there's cameras in Baltimore picking it up too. So yeah. you've got ring cameras, yeah. everything that happens, you know, you got it. There's a good chance it's going to be on videos. And when it's on video, there's a good chance it's going to be on social media. And then there's a good chance that, Everybody's going to see it. So you, you, get, you get to see it happen in real time. The last three or four that I saw, I mean, it was a horrible beating going on, sometimes by just one individual or another, but most of the time it's, it's, a it's a gang up on yeah. you know, two or three on one. Or more. Or more. And what are, what's everybody doing? Filming. 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 Everybody's standing around. In fact, I'm watching it because somebody filmed it on their camera. Mm -hmm. Instead, and they're going, oh, oh, you know, because this guy's getting beat to death. Ooh, and almost laughing, some of them. Well, just like happened on the train station where that one guy choked that one guy out and he wound up dying and he gets charged with it. You know, there's people yeah. people filming. He's one of the guys that actually tried to do something right. to stop this guy from killing somebody, but nobody wants to get involved. And, and you really can't blame him. If I'm an instructor telling somebody, you know, and they're concealed carrying or whatever, and they're, they're in that situation and somebody's getting their ass handed to them, I'm telling them, you know, the right thing to do is, yeah, you want to you want to help that person and get involved, and you don't want to sit there and film it. But if that person's caring, you know, if you throw yourself right, right. into that, you're setting yourself up for not just liability liability uh, civilly, but you could wind up going to jail yourself if you have to take action and shoot that guy or shoot that person for some. You know, there's always a gun involved, and it's yours because your gun's on the scene. So if you deploy that in any way you know, there could be some consequences. So you always say, well, you got to step away from that. You got to create distance from that. You've got to not just de-escalate it, but you got to remove yourself from the situation. And you basically got to let that guy get his ass kicked or whatever's happening because, you know, you got this. If you didn't have this, now you don't have, you don't have the gun. But now if you take action, you could get killed. You could get stabbed. Right, he right. could have a gun. You yep. could get shot. So no one's really w willing to take that chance anymore because you're damned if you do because you could get yourself killed. And if you have something that 
could protect you. You're damned if you do, because you could wind up going to jail uh, for the rest of your life or getting, you know, massive financial, you'd be ruined financially by trying to help somebody that you don't even know. Well, what if it's somebody you do know? Well, if it's somebody you do know, There's then your you, wife. you make that decision. Well, that's a you different I mean? story. Right. Different story. So, that, but you're going to get yeah. sucked in. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but just, just being on that train and you don't know anybody there and right. you're by yourself, do you get right, involved? Right, right. Do you get involved with that? Now, back in the day, there wouldn't even be a question. Right. Now you, it's in the back of your mind, where am I? Am I in Baltimore or am I in Hartford County? Right. Am I going to get prosecuted for doing this? Am I jumping into this and creating that, creating that deadly force situation where I could have just got off the train and called 911 and been the best witness I could be? Right. Well, depends I, on where you are. I, it depends on the right answer. What's the right answer? It depends on where you are. You're right. It, it really does. And who you're with. And, and who, who you're with. You're yeah. right. If you yeah. if you can just be a good witness, then be the good witness. But it's I a guess shame it, that you have to be just a good witness. Correct. It's a it's a damn shame. My point is that it's the stuff that we used to see in third world countries. All of a sudden, we started seeing it outside of the third world countries and in Europe. And then it comes across Europe and we're like, boy, that's horrible. Look what's going on in France or Germany or whatever. And then we're starting to see our borders getting it. It's an invasion. Let's just call it what it is. It's an invasion. Millions, when millions of people can cross into your country unabated and go wherever they want, that's an invasion. And as a result of that, I guess my point was as a result of that, this violence that we see on, on social media is creeping into our neighborhoods. And so it's forcing people who, Maybe we're on the fence about getting a gun. They're going to get one. Oh, yeah. Not, and I got no problem with that. You know, they have the right to do it. But whereas before, you didn't have to really worry about it. If you didn't want to carry a gun, that's your right, too. Now people are starting to think, hmm. I've had, I don't know how many people go, hey, man, are you armed? You know, just because of where we were, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. People you know, that are also like, oh, usually God. armed. <laughs> they're usually armed. And I'm not armed. I'm like, are you armed? <laughs> I didn't bring yeah, mine. Right. You, you know, exactly right. Yeah. But I guess, and I'm concerned is that, you know, our kids, our families, our wives, or whoever, friends that we care about are going to start seeing this more and more. And how prepared are we for it? I don't think we're that prepared. I had a good discussion with my son just not that long ago. And I was, I was just. Which one? My youngest one, Clayton. And he's, you know, in good shape and, you know, young, healthy male. And I said, look, I said, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. Go find a a school that'll teach you self-defense, self-defense fighting, how to handle yourself. Because the chances are now much greater that he's going to have to at some point. Especially if we continue these trends, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to us. And it's, it's so close now. I mean, I, I mentioned what I see on a, almost a daily basis now. And I see these groups, and yeah, probably 80, 90% of them, I don't have to worry about them. It's those few that are snuck into those groups, they're going to cause a problem. And what am I going to do? Am I going to be that guy or do I have to kind of step back and be the witness? The older it depends you get, on what you're hired to the, do. The, old, the older you get, the more you're <laughs> yeah, a witness. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. My backstory. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it just, it, this is what has been bothering me. Your brain says yes. But I mean, it bothers everybody, no. but I, I'm seeing it so much now. And it's probably part of it's my fault. I should probably stay off social media and stop watching some of these videos. But, but I want to know what's going on. And when I see it happening, not just on the border or not just in the inner cities, and it may sound, I mean, people might be listening and go, oh, you know, who do you, you think you're, you, you live out in the suburbs, you're, you're exempt? No, I don't think that. But you hope that you don't have to <laughs> see it as much if you're, you know, 30 miles outside the city limits. Yeah, that's one reason people go out there. Well, just hearing you guys talk about it, you know, how certain things used to, how things have just gotten so bad and just sitting back and listening, because this is definitely you, you got your area. This is not necessarily my area is that, you know, even, even from a witness standpoint, it's going to get to the point where you don't even want to say anything because how do you, you know, I mean, that's what I kind of see. And you, you see it in movies where it's like, oh, the witness. And, mm. you know, so I think you're right. It's just, what do you do? I think even when it gets to the point where you want to be a good witness, which I think anything that you're, everything that you guys are saying about self-defense and carrying and doing it is all would be justified in my mind. But unfortunately, it's just not justified in the, in the system. And 
even with the witness, I mean, you might want to do something right, but it just seems like even the right stuff is the wrong, you know, you, you get in a bad situation, even with trying to do the right thing. And that's why I just think a lot of people don't do anything anymore. Well, you bring up a good point because Jim and I have been sitting here going back and forth with this, using the law enforcement approach for back, lack of a better term. But all of us really are different in, in that regard, as far as experience and even dealing with these types of people, dealing with the public in general, you know, everybody's a little different. So I guess my question here then is, okay, let's, let's use, use an example. You're out in Bel Air, you know, our, our hometown, and you're out shopping on Main Street, and you see something going down. What do you do? What do you, what do you think your natural reaction would be? You see some innocent guy getting pummeled. Are you going to say, hmm? Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, I, no. Just, I, I think it's a, I mean, it's a fair question, but it's... Um, I think the biggest thing from someone that's not around law enforcement as much as you guys is is the point that that you all made and Jim made was that it's a sad day or it's a sad it would be a sad it would make me unhappy and sad to not do something because I think all parents tell everybody now is don't do anything. I mean back in the day, you know, if somebody cut you off and you could go and you you got a little fist fight, but now like you say you don't you don't know if you're you can die. Somebody could kill you because you gave them the finger or you said something to them. And that's just personally, like myself, it makes me, it makes me sad to the point where I'm like, to not being able to, to do anything for the fear now that you could be the victim out of something that is so simple as trying to break up a fight. You go over the break up a fight, which I would hope that I would... You know, to be honest with you, my, you know, hearing everything. And I think the longer it gets, the more that I am upset with myself with the decision that I probably would make would be that I'd probably just walk away. No, I think that's, I don't think you should be upset. I think well, I do because I I, the only reason I say that is because. It's reasonable. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you're it, right. And I'll, that's I'll what tell, we tell you, people. I'll tell you, <laughs> if I'm armed, I'd be more inclined to. Like you said, walk, to walk away. away absolutely. If I'm armed, I'm not getting in the middle of that. I'm not going to help that dude because if I interject myself into that and then this becomes an issue, it's going to be catastrophic all the way around for me, for them, for anything. But if I'm unarmed, I would be more inclined to help that person out, even though I'd be taking even a bigger risk at my own you know, life, my right. own peril. So I have no idea what's going to happen to me. Somebody could Listen. stab me, shoot me, whatever. But if I have a gun, I'm probably... What I'm stepping back and being the best witness yeah. I can. And if it's if it's a guy getting beat up, you're probably even more inclined not to help. But if Absolutely. it's a girl, if it's a girl, well, yeah, you're, that, you're, and now I'm more inclined. Now you're right? catch twenty two. Right? Yeah, catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah now what do I do? Um, well, I think if it's a family member, you're you're just well, it's not. You're issue. just going to yeah, make that right. reaction, yeah. armed or not. You're, 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 you're jumping in. Yeah, you're doing something. And I think the the whole women thing is because of our age. I mean, would you agree to a certain extent that? I mean, now I don't think. I guess that all comes with upbringing too, where it's like, I see people would care less if it's a guy, girl, whatever. But, you know, it's like when you're growing up, you don't hit, you don't hit girls, right. you know, but yeah, I just, it's, it's tough. Well, I'm inclined to agree with Jim that until you're in that situation, you don't really know exactly what you're mm -hmm. going to do anyway. And there's no way I could predict a scenario that we could figure out perfectly. And you'd have to turn the cop off. I mean, exactly. you have to, you're, well, can you? The older I get, the more I can. <laughs> the older I get, the more I, I can. I like to think that'd be that smart, but I don't know. You, I don't, your initial reaction is is you're going to you're going to react, but then you hopefully you catch yourself and I you step back and you go, wait a minute, I'm no longer that person. Yeah, I think I'd be and the guy because you've always you're always you're always you always were willing to do that because you you had to do that. Right. That was your job, and you were always carrying. So it didn't didn't matter if you were carrying because you were always carrying, and that was your job. So you jumped in and you did what you had to do. Well, plus you got to be able to step back. In most cases, well, off. certainly in uniform, you stick out like a sore thumb. Anyhow, everybody's going to expect you to do something. Of course, yes. So there's a, that pressure. I still think they, we put that pressure on ourselves even after we take the uniform off. Absolutely, because you still identify. Yeah, because part of you says, oh, I, I got to take care of that. And you look at a citizen getting beat up as your responsibility somehow. And I guess. Especially if it's in your workplace. If, if it's in your, if it's in your, in your space, 
or wherever you're, you know, there that you're, you're, you, yeah. you're, you kind of say, well, it's right in front of me. I should do something. I mean, it scares me. And, and I, I will say this, it terrifies me a little bit that it's coming. It's coming to the point where we're going to see it, not just online. There's probably going to be several instances where we see it in person. And I kind of want to know what I'm going to do, you know? Kind of want to have a plan. Yeah, yeah. I want to have a plan. If I'm then, not sure it's called, I it's do, called if then thinking. Yeah. <laughs> if this happens, right. then I do this, or what am I going to do? Yeah, it's if then because thinking. Because I, yeah, I think you have to weigh who it is and, and your situation as to whether or not you're going to get involved because it's probably going to end up bad. I don't think there's going to be a good ending. No matter what, if you pull, I, this is what I wanted to ask you. If you leave, if you say, okay, whoa, I'm going to back off and be a witness or just get the hell out. If you do that. Could you be sued then? Well, not only that, can you live with it? Well, could, yeah, gonna, that for sure. Yeah, what, what, how would you is feel? There a, is what, there a the civil, next day you read about is it, there this a guy civil, died. Is there a civil, you know, kind of penalty for, I mean, not, not well, coming to someone's aid? I, I think you'd be safe. I don't know. I don't think anybody's no. going to charge you for leaving. Unless it was, I don't know, I guess there are situations where they could, but if it's something where it's an out-of-control fight going on and some guy's getting beat to death, I could see myself saying, whoa, guys, everybody, let's get out of here and leave it. And then I read about the guy that got killed or whatever the next day, and I'm, uh, and I'm thinking, how would I, would I be able to live with that? I guess, I guess he could, but. Well, you, that, that person that got killed could have been you if you would have interjected or intervened. Maybe you got stabbed. Well, yeah. Well, it, it, it all depends on how you, if you can sit there and just, you can sit there and justify it or not justify it based upon, you know, we can Monday morning quarterback that stuff and say, oh, well, this, 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 and this happened. Well, if I would have got involved, that could have been me. Or if I would have got involved, I could have saved him. But based on the totality of the circumstances, hindsight's twenty twenty, And we can, you know, just like, you know, when people get charged with a crime or whatever, and, uh, or a police officer gets charged with a crime and he had, you know, a split half second to decide, you know, to take deadly force and take, take somebody's life or, or, or right. react in a deadly force situation. It takes that jury two weeks to come to a deliberation, whether or not you were guilty or innocent of anything of a crime or whatnot. And you had a fraction of a second to make that decision. So, you know, hindsight, you know, we always, if, if we have the benefit of hindsight, what to do, we, we can dissect it and say, okay, here's what you should do. But you don't have that luxury. You, you need to make that, those decisions like this sometimes. Right, right. And you just don't have the time. I don't know. I just, I sit and I worry about it. And maybe I worry about it too much, but I just, everything has told me over the last decade, I'm just going to say the decade, probably since, hmm, I'm going to say the last 12 to 15 years is when I started thinking about it. Get off social media. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're right. That could be part of it. But again, I don't want to be unprepared. I don't want to not know what's going on. And it just, it irritates. And people will actually come, and if they may have already come to you guys, you know, they'll say, hey, what would you do if this happened? And, and I'm just wondering how many of us really have a plan if we're out there, not working, not being a cop, not just out there. We're out there with our families or just me and a friend or whatever. Do we have a plan? Because I do think, this is what I was about to say, over the last 12 to 15 years, I've been saying to anybody who wanted to listen, it's coming. It's coming and it's going to get worse. And it has been. It's been getting worse and worse. And, worse. and that feeling has not left. In fact, I'm more worried about it now than I was then. So my question is, is it getting worse? I think it is. No, I, I agree with you. It's an invasion. It's a border. When you're talking about that. I agree yeah. with you. But is it just because social media now is more prominent that is it really getting worse? Well, you bring up a good point because I think that plays into it. I think because of social media, people can see other people doing it. Perception are getting worse. And, and people are seeing, they're seeing it. They're getting adopted, not adopted. What's the word? Um, it's just more exposure to those Yeah, yeah you're, you're being now. exposed, right. And, and you're starting to. And these people were saying, well, that person did well, it. That getting, person did well, it. They're, they're, get, they're getting conditioned. Condi right. They're getting conditioned to it. Right. So it's become normal. Yes. It's, it's becoming a normal Yeah, state, there's so. two aspects to it. One is, it's, Correct. is it, it's. Yeah, there's no more shock value. Nobody, the, nobody's the Perception is now more prominent right. because it's out there. And then you become numb to it because now you're right. seeing it. So yeah. there's Since a double-edged sword yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, you're right. It's double-edged sword. And I think that, I don't think that's going to go away. That's why I think it's going to get worse because I think. Well, it's going to get worse before, it gets, up with it, before it gets better. It's going to get worse. We didn't grow up with it, but our kids are. And what's going to happen when their generation has kids 
and they, in fact, some of them already are, and they're coming up, and it's total exposure nonstop. Or don't want to have kids because of it. Yeah. There's a lot of people. That well, do you, do you think the internet will end at some point? Do you think it's going to hit a plateau and, I wonder and what, you're going to have a generation that just doesn't want anything to do with it? Social media? I, I think, don't, I don't, I think it makes too much money. I just think that's what drives everything. I think it's too addicting. Well, the thing is, I think if it does, it's because it's being replaced Good by question, something else. Though. That's what I was kind of getting at. What are you going right? to Because who could imagine the internet right. 30 years ago? Yeah, that's true. Right? And well, so we'll, what's we'll the next thing? What will we replace it with? No, I have no idea. Oh, you're just thinking, I, out, you're just thinking know, outside I, the box. Stock, Come but, on, uh, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but we certainly couldn't have foresaw the internet. So well, if what's it, next? Virtual right? reality. Instead of instead of interacting, well, it's certainly going that instead way. of reacting, yeah, instead, of, instead of going out and interacting with people, we can just plug into a, a headset, sit back, and we can go about our day, do whatever we uh, want, and do. and do and be and and yeah. be involved in we have anything our own we robots want with artificial intelligence, and we don't even need to. We socialize. don't need to, we don't need people. We don't no. even need people anymore. No, we don't need any people. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's and then the robots weird. figure that out. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. And then they have us, right? That's right. It's basically, you're talking about a simulation. People will be interjecting themselves into a simulation where they want to be in a, in a simulated world and all they have to do is in, indulge themselves, not, not even just put a, like a, a head face, a, you know, a headset on, but it could be just something where they, they, they put nodes on their temporal loads and, you know, technology, and it, and it connects to a chip that's in their brain that they put in their brain and it sends and it sends the the feed into their brain and they're transported into whatever world they want to be in and they're basically in a simulation and they don't have to interact with real people anymore and so does so does real world and the real world problems then go away in that case because now people can live in well, in, the, in the world that they want to live in with the relationships that they want yep. You know, and, and perfect and bodies. Perfect. I got the perfect body. Look at me. I'm yeah. yeah. So all, you know, all the issues of society. Then do, yeah. you know, do they go? I, yeah. I, I don't know. But that, that I've always thought of that. You know, what's the next yeah. thing? And how does a society shift because of those? things? Whatever their brain perceives as perfect, it can generate that in the world that they're in. They're in themselves and other people yeah. in their optimal, you know, universe. What what they think is optimal. It automatically. I'm going to be a Japanese baseball player, just so you know. <laughs> I'm going to be the Japanese baseball player's agent, and he gets ten percent. Well, that brought it full circle. Anyway, we got to wrap this up, guys. But I don't know something to think about all you people out there listening. <laughs> what do you got going on? This Where did week? that go? What do you got going on this week? Uh, not too much. Just getting ready for the holidays. Yeah. Same old, same old, but I don't want that to sound a negative tone. <laughs> Is anybody going away? I'm not, no. Staying home. I'm not either. Well, gentlemen, depending on what we decide, I'll see you in a week or two weeks or whatever. Well, like you said, next Monday is Christmas. Yeah, we'd have to pick another day. And then the Monday after that. And then Monday after that's New Year's. New Year's. Maybe we'll do a Tuesday. We'll have to see if anybody's available, but uh, we'll figure that out. I know the Tuesday after Christmas... Day I'll after start pulling Christmas. out. I, I'm just. <laughs> and what have you I'm, done? I'm, at least I'm going to tell you the day. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. Not that's true. Not the day off, right? Here for a podcast. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Anyway, thanks, guys. Enjoy the holiday. See you in a week. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.